Hey, welcome to the C3 Auckland podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, head to c3church.org.nz. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, we've got to bring these two things together. The God, the loving God, that's also a God of justice. So I've just got a few points to, to discuss and talk about, and that'll help us uh, get through this message. Number one, God has created a pathway to life. Jesus, early on in his ministry in the Sermon on the Mount, declares how, how to make it in the kingdom, how to walk this pathway to life. In Matthew 7 and verse 13, he says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Now like then... Not everybody wants to walk this narrow path of discipleship to follow God. People want to do their own thing, but still be right with God. That's, that's, the, that's the age we live in. Uh, they want to live their own lives, but still make it to heaven. But we all have to choose. And the Bible clearly uh, throughout creates this this idea that we need to choose which path we're walking on, which road we're walking on. So number one, God has created a pathway to life. We can't just create a whole new set of boundaries. God is God. He is who He says He is. And we've got to take Him at His word. Secondly, number two, sin creates a problem. Romans 3, this is a big problem. Anybody had a problem with that? Um, just, just four of us, yeah. It's a pretty holy church here. Uh, sin creates a problem for all of us. Uh, Romans 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So sin causes us to be separated from God's plan. Adam and Eve, uh, I talked a little bit about this morning, chose their own way over God's perfect plan. And, and they were separated from the presence of God. Sin always separates us from God. Today, Sin continues to separate people from God. So without dealing with sin, we are eternally separated from God. And and that's what I love about the house of God, the church. We are a place that brings people back from separation to relationship with God. I, I absolutely love it. I just love it. It's a place where people get in relationship with God. And even today, just had the privilege of praying with some people. Uh, to, to get their lives um, reconnected to Jesus Christ. Like it's just the greatest thing uh, to ever be involved in. So uh, we, we need to resolve this problem with sin. And here's how God does it. Number three, God is a God of justice. So to understand God, we need to understand that He is a God of justice just as much as He is a God of love. We can't just pick one. Uh, we've got to understand this is how he presents himself. Isaiah 30 verse 18, for the Lord is a God of justice. Isaiah 61.8, for I the Lord love justice. Psalm 89.14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. So we can't just take that away and say, oh, it's way too heavy. I just, I just want the love. You can't actually have the love without the justice, who God is. Justice is about making, justice is actually not so bad. It's actually really good for us because justice is about making things right. In fact, the word justice means moral rightness. 
When we've had something seriously wrong, this morning I was talking about pain and, and suffering, how we deal with that, how, how we, you know, why things go wrong in our lives. When you've had something seriously go wrong or an injustice, what do you want? You just want someone to say, oh, yeah, awesome, man, just move on. Just get over it. Like that really is hurtful. You know, some people, I'm sure there's some people here, all, all of us have had some, seriously, things go wrong. But maybe some people here that have just had some huge injustice take place in your life. And maybe there's some people here, you're right in the midst of it. And so I want to be real sensitive to you right now and help you understand that God's for you. And his justice says, I want to make it right for you. That's not okay. What's happened often, some, sometimes in the world, when people say, hey, just, just kind of move on. Yeah, sorry. But God says it's not okay. I want to make this right. And uh, God wants to make things right in the world. He wants to, to make things right for those who have been wronged. And that is good news for us. The Bible's description of heaven is a place where everything has been made right. Revelation, that's why we want to go. <laughs> Revelation 21 of verse 4 says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death no, or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. I mean, how good does that sound? You know, we, we want to, we, I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine a place with no sin, with no injustice, with no pain. And some, I mean, because this is, this is our life to some extent. You know, pain is, is part of the journey. God wants to make things right, but in order to do so, He has to deal with sin. Sin has a price. Sin has a consequence, a penalty, and a price that must be paid. For Adam and Eve, it was being separated from the presence of God, which they were created for. You and I were created for the presence of God. That's why just doing what we're doing before, I want us all, you know, don't just come to church and sing songs and connect all the good things of church and have the fun and, you know, wild pursuit. Um, <laughs> that's going to be radical. But you, you need... To let the pre you need to let the presence of God, you're created for the, every single one of you. You say, well, I'm sort of not really a worship leader, or, but you're created for the presence of God. Like your life flourishes around the presence of God. That's why, why it says planted in the house, you'll flourish in the courts of God. The courts of God is the atmosphere of God's presence. You know, we come alive in the presence of God. We, we, we come into this fullness of who we are. Like faith gets upon us, you know, dreams and visions and we start to believe that things are possible and you know we we are created for the presence of God so being separated from his presence is a is a huge price to pay Romans 6 and verse 23 says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord so the God of justice says I want to make it right for you. I want to make it right for the world. But there's a price to pay for these people who have wronged you. And sometimes that's us. We wrong each other. We hurt each other. Number four, God is a God of love. 1 John 4 and verse 16 says, God is love. Whoever abides in Him, whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in Him. John 3, 16, the most famous scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. 
That is extreme love. So you can't just say God's a God of justice, but not love. But love doesn't work without the justice because it, it, it needs to deal with sin. But his love for us was, was the motivator for sending Jesus. You see, he could have gone back to the Old Testament, you know, like the flood, and said, just, just start again. <laughs> Edit three. Let's, let's have another go. But I love this. God could have. He could have. But, you know, he said, no, I, I love them. I love them. I love them. They're my kids. They're my people. And this incredible love that God had for us that motivated him to pay the price of our sin instead of just wiping it clean, wiping us out. Jesus personifies love by laying down his life to save us from an eternity separated from God. God makes a way through Christ for every sinner to receive righteousness through faith in Christ and therefore enter eternity with God. And that's why we celebrate in church. This, I mean, man, if you can't get happy in church, you know, where can, what the heck, where can you get happy? Um, God proves to be the God of love, but He is also a God of justice. And without, without that, the world would not be made right again. It takes these two elements. Okay, number five, there is a day of judgment. The Bible makes it clear that there is a day of judgment. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10 says, For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive what is due to them for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And as I was saying this morning, you know, God really is, is just going to ask two questions of us when we, when we stand before Him one day. And we're all, we're all leveled before God. We're all His children. There's no sort of uh, secret special pass for senior pastors. or We just, we just, we just all come before, before God. And He asks us all these two questions. Number one, what did you do with my son? And number two, what did you do with the gift I gave you? And you've got to understand the gift, the gift of God, and, and, and this is where, you know, we talk about this a bit in our church and we try and get people going. We've got 80% of our church using their gifts and serving, which is just so incredible because we believe in this. The gift of God in your life is His investment into your life. Like it's, it's powerful and it's incredible. It's, it, it's anointed for, for the purpose of God uh, to express yourself uh, and worship to Him and, and make an incredible difference. And we don't want to be like the, you know, the, the servant that kind of just buried his gift. And I feel like sometimes people bury their gift because they're just like, oh, it's all too, I don't get it, I don't understand. But we just need to receive Christ and use our gift and we'll be uh, received by God. And after judgment, people will be separated into two groups according to their choice about accepting or rejecting Jesus as Lord. Matthew 13, 47 says this, Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. And when it was full, the fishermen pulled it up to the shore. And then they sat down and collected the good fish into baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into a blazing furnace where there will be weeping, and gnashing of teeth. Those accepting Christ will receive eternal life in heaven. Those rejecting Christ 
will spend an eternity separated from God. And that separation is called hell. And, you know, let's talk about heaven and hell for a moment because, you know, like I said, you could preach a message on each one of these things, but there's, there's people today that say uh, that hell's not real. Uh, but the problem with that is, is if hell is not real, then God's a liar because many times in the Bible, at, at least 23 times, in the Bible, does it actually mention the word hell, let alone all the other references to, we wouldn't class that one, you know, blazing furnace where there are weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus spoke about hell 15 times. So if there's no hell, God's a liar. That's a bigger problem than not having a hell. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because God's not who he says he is. And at that point, we, we got major problems. We might as well just go and do something else. Uh, so, you know, we, have to, we, we can't be creators of the word, changers of the word. We just have to receive it. Someone's as big. I mean, it, it's, that's a presentation that, that Jesus spoke about right there. He wants us. His love is, is, is coming to encourage us to take the right path. He, he, he's, he's wanting every, he sends out people like me and all of our team, all of our campus leaders, all of our campus pastors. People say, why, why do we need to plant churches? Because God wants us to go out and reach as many of his children as we possibly can with the good news, with the gospel. Uh, some people say today that everybody goes to heaven. And this is even harder to accept because if everyone goes to heaven, then the Bible is wrong. God's a liar, but he's also the most terrible father that you've ever seen because he sent his son to die for no reason. Like, I, you know, I know that we, we've got to understand this, guys. And I know in this time, it just seems good that, you know, God loves all his kids and everybody's just going to make it. But that's that doesn't line up with the Bible. And if we're not willing to, to live by the Bible and preach the Bible, we've got to ask ourselves, what, what religion are we following now? Who are we following? We're probably following ourselves. We're, feeling, we're, we're following the religion of what feels good to me. And, and, you know, so we've just got to live and wrestle with this word. And there's some parts for all of us. Honestly, as a pastor and leader, I've, I've had moments with God saying, God, I could really help you. I could, <laughs> I could just help the marketing department of heaven on a few issues here, but <laughs> I, can, I can't do that and neither can you. We, we have to wrestle with it. It doesn't mean we just, yeah, it is, you know, God, God wants us to, to, that's what we do as mature Christians is we wrestle with this thing and we, and we walk together with it and we discuss it. And that's why we're putting extra notes this month we're giving out, you know, we, well, we're selling and giving out uh, books to <laughs> help people read and learn and develop in their faith so that we're not just propagating the stuff we heard some dude say that sounds so good right now. But you know what? People want to hear that everyone's going to heaven, but you know what? Jesus wants that too. And that's why he's making every effort. He, he, he's the God that would leave the 99 to get the one. Listen, let's be honest. In this world, we take the 99 every day of the week. 99%, that's like awesome. But Jesus says, no, nah, I want 100. I want all of my children. I want all, so hear that. God's plan is not for, for you or anyone else or anybody in your family or any of your friends to be separated from him for eternity. He, doesn't want, he wants all of his children. And that's why he's called us. That's what we're doing here tonight. We're stirring up one another 
to understand the faith, to, to be strong in the faith so that we can go and reach all of his children. Um, all right, so number six, God's plan is for us to be saved. In spite of our sin and rebellion, God still loves us. He loved us enough to send His Son to die to take the penalty for our sins. And that's what we've got to understand. And I, you know, if I could encourage you in these uh, closing minutes to, to let that be a revelation to you. I know you've heard it a ton of times, but it's a beautiful revelation that, that never grows old. I, I still, you know, in a couple of weeks, we're cel- celebrating 25 years in ministry, but I'm still blown away by that revelation that God would actually give his life to win an old, you know, rebel like me uh, from a life of chaos that I was in when I came to faith. I mean, I just, 25 years in the ministry doesn't change that revelation that like, God, you're a serious risk taker to, to put people like me in charge. And, and that's what he does. He, he, he just, he loves his kids. And sometimes I think we just feel like, oh, well, he saved, he died for humanity. Well, we, he died for you. He died for you, and we don't want to turn it into a, per, you know, it's like, it's not some personal, it's just me, but you've got to let it drop for you. He did it for you, and the person sitting next to you, and the person sitting behind you, his children. And that motivates me, you know, when I want to be like, oh, I've had enough, I'm like, I'm so motivated by the, the, the commitment of Christ to a really risky proposition in taking on my life. At the time, 1, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 9 says, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5 and verse 8, I love this one. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I think about it like this you think about it in your life. You know, you're out, because a lot of times we think, oh, well, you know, I decided to follow Jesus. You know, I have decided. We sing that song. And we sort of did, of course we did. But you know, way before that, he made a choice. He made, you know, I'm out there being a complete rebel. You're out there doing whatever you were doing before you surrendered to Jesus. And he made a choice. He put his life on the line for us before we even got to make a choice. And it demonstrates his love. Number seven, we... We have a choice which path we take. And maybe Jake's can come and help me close this one out. We have a choice, starting, finishing where we started. Comes back to a choice. God's created us. I, I, I spoke this morning. The reason sin entered the world is that God created us with free will. If he didn't create us with free will, we would have been like a puppet on a string. But he took a huge chance creating us, uh, like the Bible says, in the image of God. We, we are like God. We're not, we're not God. I know there's a few people out here. To, you know, we're not God. We're, we're like God. We're created in the image of God with, with free will and creativity, the power to create things. But we got to choose. And sin is, is the result of, of free will. Because if we choose to reject Him, we enter a life of sin. We have a choice to make. People say, but I'm a good person. How could I go to hell? 
You see, goodness is not the criteria for acceptance into heaven. Salvation is. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I mean, you're a good, I hope you're a good person because otherwise, you know, haven't done a very good job at the church. Got a bunch of mongrels here. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I hope you're a good person. Uh, but there's only one pathway to heaven. And that is acceptance of Christ Jesus as Lord and Saviour. You know, there's actually only one pathway to hell. And that is to reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour and to live your own way. And the job of the church is to make sure everyone gets the opportunity, the invitation to respond to Jesus. John 3 and verse 3 says, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. We must all choose. I can't make that choice for you. I wish I could. But then I'm trying to do something to you that God said, I don't want to do that. I don't want to make you a puppet. I don't want to make you a robot by telling you what you have to do. God says, I want them to choose. I want them to choose me. Love is a, is a choice, a free will choice. It says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So how do we respond? Here's three quick things. And then we're just going to pray on a couple of issues and, and then go eat and get warm. Number one, how do we respond? Number one, we, res- we surrender to God. And if you haven't done that across the room here tonight in just a moment, come on, let's, let's do that together. Already today, maybe five or seven people, seven or eight people have, have made this decision. Beautiful moment. Every one of them uh, this morning at Albany, just, just like this magical moment when this one young lady just responded to Jesus. And as she lifted her hand, I thought, man, I, this is, I, I know that God is just moving mightily in this moment. If you haven't done that, come on, can I encourage you to take a mighty step of faith and make Jesus the Lord of your life. Number two, we commit to a lifestyle of pursuing God. And I think as Christians, guys, we've got to be careful of just, you know, the world's influence. It's half-hearted. You know, and I see Christians, I'm just like, come on. Like, pursue Him. Can I encourage you? If your faith's gone a bit, cold or a bit soft or pursue wildly. Yeah, come on. But a a lifestyle of pursuing God, it's like we're running after God. I'm saying this when things go wrong, because this is where where the rubber meets the road is that it's easy to start. It's it's so easy to start things. Finishing is a lot harder. Have you learned that in life? Starting stuff is so easy. Gym membership, easy. Sign the docs, boom, loving it. (laughs) Turning up is a lot harder. Uh, finishing, finishing the race is nearly impossible. Uh, come on, pursue Him. And the key is what happens when things go wrong? And the big question is, do you run from Him, blame Him, or do you run towards Him and say, God, I, I just need you. I just need you. I just need you. Come on. Our response is to pursue this God that went all in. You know, next time you feel like, oh, I can't be bothered turning up to church. Oh, connect group, man, reading the Bible. Oh, just remember Christ, that He just went all in for you. All in. You know, and He's on the cross and He's getting mocked and stuff thrown at Him. And even then He's like, Father, forgive them. You know, like He's just all in. 
for your life. He's like, God, oh, forgive them. Just, they, don't know, they don't know what they're doing. You know, I've done a few things and people throw stuff at you. You know, you've you got to hold back for some righteous. You know, I'd just be like, it's all good, you know. But come on, the next time something goes down for you, just remember Him, all in for you. And thirdly, we fight back against the power of sin by promoting God's message of hope called the gospel. And we all, this is, guys, this is not just for the preachers. This is for every Christian. That's why we plant churches. People say, why are we running churches in Cambodia? That's why we're doing it. Because we've got a nation up there, 1% Christian. We've got the most on fire young pastor in the whole nation of Cambodia. In fact, I had the, the, the pastor of the biggest church in Cambodia say to me, Dean, you've seriously got the greatest young leader in the nation of Cambodia. This, this guy is a champion. Uh, Tenny and, and John Ray. And, and you know, God's given this to us, not just to me. I, there's nothing I can do without you because we're in this thing together. We're only strong together. You know, without you, I just say a bunch of stuff that's not gonna happen. Uh, together, we're powerful and God's given us this young couple in these churches to, to love on, to coach, to encourage, to, to bless, to partner with, to stand with. And that's just one opportunity but He's called us all, come on, to use your gift. You guys that are creative, honestly, this is the most, just right, right this second is probably one of the most important gifts on the face of the earth is the gift of being creative and communicating and bringing the gospel. Can I just inspire you to fresh to, to get your gift connected to the gospel. If you're here and you're an administrator, uh, man, oh my goodness, the kingdom needs organisation like you wouldn't believe. Uh, Every single hospitality. Oh my God, how, how are people going to get saved if they can't feel welcomed? You know, and I talk to so many people that say, man, I just turn up to this church. I just, it's just not friendly. It's not, I've been to so many churches and I felt like, I took some the other day. I said, oh, I went to a church and they just totally re, like rejected me. And I'm like, what are we doing? If you've got that gift, just get your gift connected to helping the gospel. The gospel touch people's lives. Don't just hold it for yourself. It's the height of selfishness. It's everything wrong with this world right now, selfish people. Well, I got saved, so I'm sweet. Awesome, man. What about your friends? What about your family? What about the people that sit next to you at work? You know, our guy who's preaching up in Whangarei today, Stuart Sugden, who runs all of our finances, and he came to our church because he sat next to somebody who didn't even go to our church, but they were a Christian and he saw their lives. And he saw integrity. He saw the integrity in this person's life. And then driving past our church one day, they said to Stuart, he wasn't even a Christian. They said, you know what? There's a really good church in there. A C3. And so Stuart is trying to find a way to disprove God, just like Josh McDowell gets saved in his bedroom. And the only thing he's been told is go to C3 Church. So he comes in. Today, he's, you know, I didn't even know he could Bible teach. You know, I just thought he was an administrator. One day, he just got the opportunity, stepped up, got an amazing passion for the Word of God. Get your gift connected. Amen. Come on, let's just stand together in His presence. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you'd like to know more about our church or to find out what's coming up, check out c3church.org.nz.